a mother, a son, and a life with autism. It's the At Home with Autism podcast with Q102's Jen and Jacob. I used to be a Christmas decorating maniac. I'd start, yeah, maybe the weekend before Thanksgiving and start putting up trees in every corner that I could find. At my heyday, we were living in the house in Mason, the house that we moved into when Jacob was a year old and just moved out of about a year and a half ago. And the first few years that we were there, it was pretty crazy. But the most number of trees that I had in the house were seven full-size trees, which means a minimum of six and a half feet, and the tallest was 12 feet. We had a 20-foot high ceiling in our living room. And so, of course, that had to have a 12-foot tree. And this tree, I had it set up so there were three different options for lights. We could have all red lights, all gold lights. Ooh, there were four. All white lights or all three together. So four different choices for what the lighting would look like. And all of the ornaments were orange and gold and burgundy. And it was beautiful. It really was. It was gorgeous. And then each of the other trees had a theme. Like, of course, Jacob had his own tree in his room. It was a white tree, and it had all these red different ornaments, you know, kid stuff all over his tree. We had a bird tree. There was nothing but birds in it. We had a green tree with green lights and, oh, and fruits and vegetables. <laughs> That's what was in that one, because that was the one right off of the kitchen. But there were seven, seven in all. And then close to 50 small trees, you know, like two to four to five feet tall, skinny trees, some with snow, some without, but all with white lights just strewn all over the house. Every railing I could find, there was garland on. Every wall had a wreath or a Christmas pic. I mean, it really, people would say that it looked like Santa Claus threw up all over my house. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I always hoped that there would be something in all of it that would engage Jacob. Something that he would just fall in love with and, and enjoy. And we had a landing right outside his bedroom. You know, you could see into the living room on one side and on the other side, you could see the front door. And I completely turned it into like a little cove. There was nothing but little trees with lights. So if you sat on the floor in the middle of the landing, it felt like you were sitting in a forest. And I would sit there with Jacob and read books and play with games. And it just felt really cozy. I don't know if he remembers any of those early Christmases or the Christmases where I went nuts. I mean, I couldn't have spent very much time with him, really, because I'm spending so much time putting up decorations. It's crazy. But I loved it. It felt normal. There was something about it all that made me feel like our little family wasn't all that different than everybody else's. And I really needed that in the beginning. Because so much felt lost. I really struggled to be in any environment in the beginning. Every environment felt foreign to me. I never felt like anybody understood me or understood my life or understood my kid or understood what we were going through or understood what we were thinking and feeling and believing and experiencing. It was a very, very lonely time. And I really missed the life that I'd known before, the one of freedom and spontaneity and simplicity, and just the act of putting up a Christmas tree just felt like my old life. 
And that's probably why I ended up with so many of them, because it was my attempt over and over and over again to feel my old life. We never could take Jacob to Christmas Eve service, which was a tradition in my family. We always went. We're not big churchgoers, but we never missed a Christmas Eve. But we could never take Jacob because he couldn't sit still. The noise was really upsetting to him. And I remember the first time that we tried to take him. He had to have been eight, maybe nine. And we went in, we sat down, and he did great. He was doing great. He was doing really, really great. And then it came to a point in the service, I think, I don't remember if it was a prayer or a hymn, but everybody stood up. And so, of course, if you stand up, well, that means you're leaving. (laughs) You don't stand up and then sit back down. No. When you stand up, that means you're going. So as soon as we stood up, he was out the door. So I left my mom and my aunt in the church, and I went and sat in the car with Jacob and waited for the service to be over. And then I explained to him, yeah, afterwards, like I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what to prepare him for, right? You don't know until you're in it, and then it's like, oh, crap, I probably should have given him a heads up about that, right? But I would, I never even thought about that. I never considered, you know, I explained to him it might be a little noisy. I, I, I told him about the candle, you know, because we're going to light the candle and sing Silent Night, but I didn't say anything about standing up and sitting down over and over. So we stood up when we left. Now he loves to go to church. Now he enjoys the tradition along with us. And it's it's really awesome. Figuring out what to get him for Christmas. When he was younger, I just bought everything. <laughs> you know, I, so many developmental toys. And I mean, there were so many cool ones. I just loaded up on everything that I could get my hands on that I thought might just maybe make a difference for him in some way, shape, or form. He's never asked for much, though. I can remember putting the catalogs down in front of him and and pointing out different things. Would you, would you like this? Would you like this? Doesn't this look like fun? And, you know, sometimes he would be like, yeah. For the longest time, he had this number, 17. Everything was 17. He would draw 17 flowers. He would draw 17 pigs. He would want 17 stickers, just 17, 17. So when I would ask him, how many presents do you want? For multiple years, the number was 17. So when I would give him a catalog to look through to see if there was anything in there that he might want, he would find 17 <laughs> different toys. And I would buy him. I would absolutely. Because, you know, I, I wanted him to learn that his requests and his language and his communication mattered. That if he told me he wanted something, that there was power, power in that communication. There was power in the words that he used. And if he used them, then things would happen. And I got some pushback from some people on that. Because you're just giving him whatever he wants. You're spoiling him. And I'm like, listen, maybe at a different time in a different space with a different kid, that might be true. What I'm trying to teach him here, what we're trying to show him, what we're trying to get him to understand is so much bigger than spoiling a kid with presents. And I've never had an experience with him where I believed him to be spoiled or rotten or damaged or traumatized by any of those things that we did to try to encourage that communication and that connection, right? So I would buy him the 17 toys, and then, of course, I think he got hip to that at some point, and the number went higher. That's when I got sneaky. I think one, I don't know if it was his birthday or Christmas, 
I remember him saying he wanted 42 presents. And what I discovered is that it didn't matter what the, he wasn't going for quality. He was going for quantity. So all I had to do was wrap 42 presents. So I could literally buy him a 24 pack of markers and wrap each marker individually. And that would count as 24 presents. So I found a way around that. I found a workaround on that pretty easily, pretty early on. But he's never asked for anything. He's never asked for designer sneakers or designer clothes or all kinds of tech or all kinds of video games. And I even got him a a PlayStation one year and he wanted no part of it. And I was like, how cool is this? Yeah. And in one way, that's a huge gift because he's not costing me a small fortune in this arena. He costs me a small fortune in other arenas. But as far as wants and needs of a typical teenager... You know, he, he takes it easy on me and I, I appreciate that. And then when he does want something, I want to do my best to get it for him. He loves his Fitbit. He loves his iPhone. He has an iPad that he uses to communicate with the spelling and the keyboard to communicate. Outside of that, there's really not a lot going. I pick out cool shoes for him, but you know, that's just because I'm a shoe person. I don't think he gives a rat's ass. That's, that's all on me because I love shoes. So His thing for the past, I don't even know how many years, if you were to ask him, what does he want? He likes sticker books, which I think we have purchased everyone that exists. The sticker by number. He loves those sticker by number books. They're really cool. And he loves funny socks. He had an incident with the funny socks a few weeks ago that could have gotten a little bit rough because he has drawers in his room built into the closet that don't come all the way out. And his sock drawers are so full that a couple of pairs fell behind the drawer. But we couldn't get the drawer out to get the sock. So I had to take a hanger and get back in there and dig and poke and round and maneuver and get the socks out. So we're having to downsize our sock collection. And what's funny is I told him, I said, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to you know, go through and get rid of some and donate some? Or do you want to get another container of some of some kind to house your socks? And of course, he wants another container. But if you asked him, you know, what do you want for Christmas? He would say funny socks, sticker books. He's doing a diamond art project right now. And I've given him other ones before. So he has other ones that he's never done. I don't know if that's something that he would want for a gift or not. But I'm at the point now where I'm needing to get really creative. For his birthday, I took two of his collections from his greeting cards. I got his St. Patrick's Day and his Easter, the original art. And we put them in big frames. So they're like frame displays to hang in his room in the basement. And I have more of his art that I think I'm going to do similar things with. I got to see how much room I actually have on the wall, what all can fit. But I have all of his artwork. So I'm going to frame some more of those. And then when we were on our trip to New York, when we stopped and went hiking, you know, the kid gets a kick out of talking about toilet paper and poop. So (laughs) when we were out on a hike, we stumbled upon a mossy stump that had rabbit poop on it. And Susan pointed out the rabbit poop and Jacob thought it was hilarious. So took a picture of the stump with the rabbit poop on it. So I have that picture and I've gotten it blown up and I'm going to frame it (laughs) and give him that. And because he loves taking pictures so much, my mom is going to get him a really nice point and shoot 
camera, like a Nikon. And we're going to see. Because that was something else he did when he was a kid. Do you remember those teeny tiny little digital video cameras? He would spend hours shooting little videos of different things, just like water running. He would shoot videos of water running and he would shoot videos of you know balls bouncing and of toes. And he would take really interesting pictures of different stuff. I mean, it was just really interesting to see the world through his eyes in the form of a picture, how he would focus the camera and what would be the center of the picture and just the angle that he would take it from. And so, you know, I think um, we might see some really cool art from him through photography. We're going to see. We're going to see. And I'll get him some socks and I'll get him some sticker books. He hasn't given me a number this year, but I haven't asked. We'll talk about it. How about we do that? We'll talk about it in the next podcast, what he wants for Christmas. If he's up for that, because, you know, I let him choose. I let him pick. There won't be any trees going up in my house this year for a multitude of reasons. All of my Christmas stuff is buried in the back of the storage area of my house. Never got around to the second round of purging that needed to happen. So all of the things that I brought with me from the old house is all jammed into a storage area that there's, I can barely get the door open. So it would be a major project just to get the Christmas decorations out, which in the past wouldn't have stopped me, but it's stopping me now. <laughs> and I have five cats living in the house and Merle. I have a feeling that the tree wouldn't survive very long in the current environment. And if you would have ever asked me, do you think someday you won't put up a Christmas tree or you won't deck every hall in the house? I wouldn't have been able to imagine a Christmas season without all that stuff. Yet here I am. I'm so totally okay with it. My idea of what's normal has changed. I don't feel the need to feel like everybody else or feel like the person I used to be or feel like the family that I thought I would have. This is where we are. This is what we do. This is who we be. This is how we be. And it's just right. It's good. It's really good. It's great. One thing we are doing that's new this year, we have some Christmas costumes and we're creating some videos to help promote our Christmas card collection. If you haven't seen them yet, please look out for them on social media. Jacob is in rare form and it's fantastic. We have so much fun with or without Santa Claus throwing up all over the house. Hope your holiday season is merry and bright. We'll talk to you soon on the At Home with Autism podcast. <laughs> Thanks for being here.